We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am your host, Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley. I am unfortunately not joined today by my co-host and good buddy, Ross Uglum, who is actually at the Summit League Basketball Tournament covering the North Dakota State Bison. So uh, it'll just be me flying solo today. I have a pretty short episode uh, for you guys. And before I get into it, I just want to remind you, um, make sure you're heading over to PackerReport.com and checking out all the awesome free content that's over there. Um, you know, Ross and I went to the NFL Combine and we had a ton of really good stuff that's, that's over there right now as far as quotes and um, talking to the guys and kind of stuff that we heard. Um, through our, our buddies that work for other teams and stuff like that. So make sure you're heading over there and clicking that stuff and, and giving that stuff a read. Um, Ross is also, uh, him and Andy Herman are, are, are the godfather here at Pack, or Pack a Day, um, have a really excellent podcast that they dropped this week as well. Um, Ross is typically joined by the grave digger, Gilbert Brown. So make sure you're getting over there and giving that stuff uh giving that stuff a shot and just checking it out. Um, but today I really wanted to talk about kind of the wide receiver class. And I don't want to go over just the main guys, the guys that we talk about ad nauseum. And, you know, it will be interesting later because Ross does the wide receiver reports for the Cheesehead TV draft guide, um, which if you have not pre-ordered already, you should get on that right now. It is excellent stuff for Packers fans. 
Um, so he does that for the Cheesehead TV guide. And I also do um, the I do the wide receivers for the Arrowhead Pride um, draft guide, which is very similar to the Cheesehead TV draft guide, but I'm sure you could guess it. It is for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and in fact, if you are interested in getting both of those and stacking them next to each other, uh, which Ross and I will have an episode, I'm sure, where we will have our big boards battle it out. Uh, but if you want to get all the writings and readings and all that stuff, you know, both of them are pretty cheap. Um, I would go over there and just see if you can get both. I think if you're a big draft nerd like myself, um, it's nice to have both of them. And if you're interested in that, head on over to uh, my, my pinned tweet. We'll, we'll give you everything you need to know for that. Um, but today, I, like I said, I want to talk about the wide receiver class. And as I'm going through these wide receivers, I do look at it you know, through the lens of a Packers fan and someone that uh, really would like the Packers to add a wide receiver that is a dynamic athlete with the ball in their hands. If you've been following along with my draft missed articles, um, I've been adding a lot of wide receivers like that. But today I just want to rank the top five guys that I think could fill that role as that explosive dynamic athlete. And the Packers don't really have someone like that because as good as Devontae Adams is, and we all love Devontae, but he is not the type of guy that when he goes in motion, uh, defenses have to respect that he's going to maybe take a handoff on those jet sweeps or, you know, if it's a play action jet sweep, uh, he might not be there to be. He, the, the goal of that is you want the defense to respect it. You want the linebackers to kind of take that cheat step forward. And if it's Devontae doing it, it kind of defeats the purpose because you want the linebackers to come forward so those receivers have more space to operate on the back end. Because in the NFL, one false step is is an opportunity for the offense. So if you can get that defense just to take one step in the wrong direction, um, and a lot of times it's more than that with some of these young defenders. But uh, Devontae, if he's the one doing it, he he can't be the guy working on the back end. And the Packers have a couple guys and Tyler Irving and, and Aaron Jones that can that can kind of dictate that and, and they can kind of garner that respect. But they're not really the types of guys that, OK, maybe it's a play action or maybe um, you do hand it to them. You know, they're not receivers. So if you don't hand it to them and they have to go line up at receiver, now you don't have them in the backfield. So really, the Packers want a guy that can take those handoffs that can then also line up outside and win on the outside or in the slot as well. You know, last year you saw Geronimo Allison doing that a lot. And I don't know if you could hear it in my voice, but it's not good. It's not pretty when Geronimo is on um, that, you know, that, that, that jet action type of deal, because he's just not the type of athlete that's going to make people miss that anyone really fears. So I want to go through my top five guys that I think defenses will have to fear. Um, if they are on this Packers offense, um, who can play receiver, but can also take those handoffs and they can respect, they can, they can dictate what the defense is doing on those jet action sweeps. So, uh, the first guy on my list, and I'm just kind of going through my rankings, uh, but that's Jalen Rager. He is a guy that, uh, draft Twitter loved and still kind of does love, especially in Packerland. Uh, he came out of the combine and did not work out like anywhere in the stratosphere of what you would have expected. His jumps were fantastic. People were getting real excited because he came in at like 207, whatever he was. He ran. People were expecting four threes, and then he ran a 447, which is not slow, not slow at all. But for him, that was disappointing. But what was even more disappointing is his pretty terrible three-cone time. But you turn on the tape, 
And that is not the type of player you see. The type of player you see on tape is someone that you do absolutely have to fear every time he touches the ball. If he were a Green Bay Packer, he is the guy that could absolutely play on the outside, come in motion. Uh, The defense has to respect every time he lines up somewhere different. Um, That would open up so many things in this Packers offense, Um, let alone I think he can actually play receiver. Um, some of these guys on this list are a big time work in progress. Jalen Rager is not. He is a guy that I think uh, can come in right away. And and he has some NFL routes that he can already run. And he's a guy that can win on all three levels. And that includes taking a handoff. So he would be my very my my first choice as far as a guy that could come into this offense and open things up for the Packers. My second guy is someone that I am not as high on as a wide receiver, but I do appreciate the fact that he is a guy that is a beast with the ball in his hand. And that is Brandon Ayuk from Arizona state. Uh, I've heard the NFL is super high on him. Like we're talking 20 in the, uh, his ceiling being like 2021. Um, that would be pretty wild to me if he went that high, but he might. And I, you never really know what the NFL is thinking and what they're going to do. It's a lot of times very different than what I'm thinking or what anyone on Twitter Uh, or anyone else that writes reports is thinking that's okay. Um, But he is a guy that can absolutely command respect. If, if he put goes in motion, Uh, he's a guy that can take handoffs. He's a guy that can return kicks, do all that stuff. Uh, Brandon Ayuk would be my second guy on the list that I would like to see the Packers take. Um, If that's, if that's the case, if that's what they're going to use them for, if they're, if that's striking fear into the defense's heart. Um, And I, I think if they could get him late second, that would be perfect. I wouldn't, I would not have an issue with that at all. Thurry's a little rich for me. Uh, my third guy on the list is someone that he would be higher. He'd probably be above Ayuk, but I think I just honestly think he's not on the Packers board. He's on my board, but Green Bay has not ever really gone this far outside of their comfort zone to take someone like KJ Hamler out of Penn State. You know, Hamler is listed. He came in at five eight and a half, very short. Uh, Randall Cobb was kind of the outlier, but he was still five ten. So we're talking about a guy that's really not even close um, to that to that threshold. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But he is a guy that absolutely is electric with the ball in his hands. I mean, he is that jitterbug type uh, that he, he and he honestly, he's a really good receiver, too. At this point, he's going to be a slot in the NFL, but I think he can be a really productive one. And one thing I really like about him in the slot is the fact that he runs pretty good vertical routes from that position, which isn't something you always get from these slot receivers. So uh, KJ Hamler would be high on my list. Will he be high on the Packers list? I doubt it, um, but we will see. You know, they can still they can surprise us. Brian Gutenkus is still in his only third year of, of drafting. That's not a huge sample size. Um, he might shock us. He's He did it last year in free agency. He honestly kind of shocked us when he took Jair, uh, even though he was closer to the threshold. Uh, my fourth guy on this list is someone that if Ross were listening and if Ross were here right now, he would reach to the microphone and probably slap me in the face for having him this low, but that is LaVisca Sinault out of Colorado. He'd be my fourth guy on this list. Now, LaVisca is an absolute alpha with the ball in his hand. He is an explosive, powerful athlete when you turn on the tape. Combine, he's kind of in the same boat as Jalen Rager. He did not test very well. Uh, the word is he was hurt. He had a growing he was dealing with. Okay, so we'll see what he does at his pro day. Same with Rager. I, I would imagine both of these guys will have um, pro days that we kind of expected at the Combine. But he is a guy that I love his physicality when he has the ball. He's a guy that can run around you and he can run through you. And honestly, I think if he had it his way, he would rather run through you. 
uh, when you watch watch him play. He loves loves him a little contact. But the thing with him is he he he's a running back to me. That's what he looks like. He his routes have zero nuance to them. So um, if you're going to split him up out wide, that's why he's lower on my list is because I don't think he's going to win right away uh, at the NFL level on the outside. I think it's going to take him some time to kind of kind of learn the ins and outs and the nuances of uh, what it looks like to run. Uh, an NFL route. I mean, I think I described him in my notes as he looks like a guy, like a chef in the kitchen that's only following the instructions on the box. Like he needs to add some creativity to his life. He needs to spice his game up a little bit. Um, pressure steps, head fake, Euro steps, do whatever you can. But he is very much a, I run here and then turn left. Um, that's not going to play in the NFL that you can't out athlete people all the time, but you can out athlete the people if you can just get the ball in his hands. Um, so that's why I, I like him. And you look at a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they took Nicole Harbin last year, who does not wide receiver very well. He did not run hardly any NFL routes coming into the league last year. But what they did a really good job with him was manufacturing him touches. And when you hear people say stuff like that, they're basically just saying they're, this play is designed to get him the ball, to get him the ball in space and let him work. And they did a masterful job of that last year. And you saw that Meikle had a very productive rookie year. If LaVisca ends up in the right situation, he could very much be a guy like that. Um, so, and, and hopefully the Packers are that type of situation. Hopefully Matt LaFleur has plans like that for some of these guys, if he can get his hands on some of these explosive athletes. Um, so that's my fourth guy. My fifth guy on this list would be Joe Reed, a, a guy I recently just watched him out of Virginia. And I actually, I just wrote about him over at Packer Report. If you go to the Draft Mist articles, there's five of them now. Um, he's in the most recent edition of that. And he's a wide receiver out of Virginia, like I said. But he is a lot like LaVisca Sinault. Uh, he tested better than him. But he is a six foot, 200 plus, 220-plus pound guy with wiggle. Oh, my goodness. He's fun to watch people make him miss. But he will also run through tackles as well. Um, and one thing I really like about Joe Reed is my comp for him was Ty Montgomery, which some Packers fans might might be listening and, and hearing that and saying, but Ty Montgomery did not have a very – uh, triumphant exit from Green Bay, and and they're and you're right, but he did he was a good player for the Packers for a few years. Um, Joe Reed, I think, is more explosive than him, um, and I think you know he, I think he's a better wide receiver too coming out, and I think he can actually learn and play that position. Um, but if you look at the evolution of the NFL offense, Joe Reed could be a prototype wide receiver coming out, a guy that can or sorry a prototype running back if you want to play him there. A guy that can line up in the backfield, take handoffs, but also split out wide, and a guy that you have to respect as someone that can run a full NFL route tree. Um, so he's a guy that's very enticing for me. I think he's a day three guy. You know, anywhere between the fourth and seventh round, I would not be surprised to see him come off the board. Um, he is a plus nine RAS guy, so you know he's on the backers' radar. Um, so he's someone that he's he'd be fifth on my list just because I feel like he is even more raw than all these guys, but a player that uh, has a very big upside. Um, so that's, you know, that's my list of five guys. That, and there's more too. You know, you talk about um, the kid out of where, of uh, Kentucky. I can't, Lynn Bowden Jr. He's a guy too that could come in and do that stuff as well. Um, you know, there, there are guys, Tyree, uh, not Tyree Cleveland, uh, John Hightower is a guy that could, that takes end rounds. He's an athletic guy. There, there are players galore that can do this in this draft class you know and if, if a guy like justin jefferson sitting there at 
pick 30 and the Packers want to take him. Is he a guy that I think is, is someone that is a yak monster? No, but he is someone that absolutely knows how to get open. And for this Packers team, that's almost more so what they need than anything. You see every week I'll come out with my you know mock draft Monday and you'll see kind of what, you know, I'll lay out a scenario or whatever and, and we'll go for it. But the, pass catchers are always something the Packers need. So if they just, they just need someone that can get open. So this is just guys that I like that I think could really add a new element to the green Bay Packers offense. Um, But that's all I got for today. You know, we're kind of, this week is kind of a dead week going into free agency, which, you know, will completely restack everybody's board when you talk about free agency and you talk about how that stuff works. So, um, you know, I don't have anything else for you guys today. If you have any questions, uh, hit me up on Twitter again. My handle is at Jacob Morley. Um, and let's talk. Let's talk some wide receivers. I, I love interacting with you guys. I love hearing your takes on some of these receivers. I love you guys telling me when I'm wrong on stuff. And chances chances are I'm probably am. Um, but uh, that's what's fun about this draft process, right? Is is kind of standing up for your guys, uh, being able to being willing and able to say, hey, if I'm wrong about this guy, it's probably here, you know. But there are guys that you, that you should like that you shouldn't let people bully you out of uh, talking uh, yourself into, and that goes for everybody. So. Um, Hit me up on Twitter and we, let's talk about it. But until then, until next time, go back. Thank you.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.